podcast. My name is Thomas J. Safet. And I'm your co-host, Vicky Safet. Which makes this Scaredy Cats, the happy alpaca edition. Are so, alpacas ever not happy? No, they're pretty happy animals by all, by all accounts. It's llamas that are the sadistic bitches. Yeah, they're, they're bastards, apparently. So, so, Vicky, did you know that alpacas and llamas are sometimes used as guardians for other livestock. I did know that, actually. This is due to their innate, built-in aggression towards canines, such as coyotes and wild dogs. So they're known for, like, running directly at them, screeching, and chasing them and kicking them until they leave. It's like donkeys and moles. It's just, like, natural, natural enemies. Natural enemies. Uh, So the reason why I'm talking about alpacas is because... The main characters of uh, the movie we are watching today live on a farm that has alpacas and tomatoes. Is that it? It's just alpacas and tomatoes? I don't know. I assume they have other stuff. This is the only thing that feature in the movie as far as I can recall. Oh. Uh, That's a wild agricultural spread. Welcome to our farm. We raise tomatoes and alpacas. Uh, Nothing uh, else. Alpacas are are the livestock of the future. So today we are watching A Color or Color Out of Space made in 2019. So Vicky, before I get into more about this movie, what do you know? I know a little bit about this one because it's based on Lovecraft. Um, and we've passed it flipping by on like Netflix and stuff. I know it's Nick Cage going crazy with his family. I, it's not hard for Nick Cage to go crazy because he's kind of always inherently in the process of going crazy in his films and real life possibly. He's a nice man. He's just kind of wild. Yeah, Meteor Falls Out of the Sky. Shenanigans ensue, but not fun shenanigans. No. I don't know if the shenanigans involve the alpacas or not. Deadly shenanigans. Involving the alpacas? Maybe. We'll have to watch the movie. Okay. So Color Out of Space was written and directed by, or no, just directed. I don't know if you wrote it, but uh, Richard Richard Stanley, uh, who also directed Hardware and was the screenplay writer of The Island of Dr. Moreau. That sounds familiar, but I don't know It's the one know about why. the uh, guy who, it's Val Kilmer's in it, he goes to an island and there's a doctor that's making like half animal, half people. Oh, I've heard of this, creatures. but I haven't seen it. It's also a book. That yeah. might be why. I might be familiar with the book rather yeah. than the movie. Yeah. Uh, it stars Nicolas Cage as Nathan Gardner, uh, Jolie Richardson as Teresa Gardner, Madeline, or Madeline, Arthur as Lavina Gardner, and Elliot Knight as Ward Phillips and Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong fame as Ezra, and many others. Always many others. Always many others. Well, that's because I'm not going to list every actor in the that's movie. Fair. That would be crazy. What's... Crazy, Our Vicky. whole hour would just be Insanity! Made. So, uh, it had a budget of 6 to $12 million. I don't know how you don't know where $6 million went, but I couldn't find a straight answer somewhere between there. Uh, it's only made one million, though. But it's only been out a year, so... And it's also been out a year in a pandemic, in a pandemic. when nobody can go to movie theaters. Yeah, so, so really, it's kind of like, mm, wah, wah. Side note, the news keeps being like, no one is going to movies, and we don't know why. And I'm like, we all know why. It's because COVID, fam. I haven't seen them been like... I haven't seen anybody be like, we don't know why. I've seen lots of, like, the pandemic is killing the film industry... And I'm like, well, gee, maybe they should have saved their billions of dollars they make every year for a rainy day (laughs) instead of doing so much cocaine or whatever it is Hollywood does. (laughs) So much cocaine is probably relatively a student, I think. Yeah, then maybe you wouldn't be as financially hard done by. Uh, Anyway, fun facts about Color Out of Space. 
Uh, number one, as Vicky mentioned, Color Out of Space is based on a novel by H.P. Lovecraft, or rather a short story, uh, by the exact same name. Uh, in fact, the town nearby the Gardener Farm in the movie is called Arkham. Arkham being a fictional city setting that H.P. Lovecraft used and referenced in many of his stories. Before Batman did it. Before Batman did it, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and like, and and he was the one first person to kind of like popularize that. Like Stephen King's got like Derry or Castle Rock, which are reoccurring places. But I think H.P. Lovecraft was the first like horror person to be like this town where weird things happen. Uh, Color Out of Space is director Richard Stanley's first feature film release since The Island of Doctor Moreau in 1996. Um, he's also planning on apparently adapting two more H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, stories into feature-length films, the next one being the Dunwatch Horror, which is pretty cool, Okay. Uh, but no word on that yet. And that's all I've got. I'd imagine it'd be a lot easier to make a Lovecraft adaptation now, now simply given that like all of his enemies are super unknowable, constantly changing, hordes of like eyeballs or whatever the fuck they are, Yeah. which is kind of easier to do with modern CGI, I would think. Yeah, I... I've never been very afraid of the old adaptations of HBO. Although the reanimator is amazing, the first one, and that's going to be on our list to, to watch one day. It's really good. Uh, but anyways, that's Color Out of Space Part One. So, Vicky, did you have anything else? No. Nope. All right. So join us in Part Two in just a moment. We're going to go watch the movie, and we'll be right back to break it down for your ears. Hello, we're back. Part two of A Color... Out of, I keep on putting an uh in front of it. It's just color out of space. It's all it is. It's all it'll ever be. Anyway, we just got finished watching that movie. So now it's the part of the podcast where we are going to break it down for your ears uh, and spoil the shit out of it. It just came out pretty recently, so if you still want to go see it without having it spoiled, go watch it. It's on Canadian Netflix right now, and that's where we watched it. Usually if it's on Canadian Netflix, it's on American Netflix. It's on everywhere Netflix. Unless it's a Canadian program, in which case nobody cares. Unless it's Shit's Creek, weirdly. And then everybody cares. Everybody cares. And showers it with Emmys. But only that one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, go go watch it. Spoilers ahead. Vicky, you want to take us away? So uh, we start with some spooky-looking trees. Mm-hmm. And they're very spooky-looking trees, very quintessential horror movie trees. Uh, and over the spooky-looking trees, we get a voiceover, who we will later learn is Ward, the main character. Wow. Well. <laughs> a character. The guy who survives and therefore is telling the story. Spoilers. We just had a whole thing about spoilers. They know this is the spoilers I know, I part. Know, I, know, I know. Spoilers for our later spoils. We don't want to spoil it prematurely. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Uh, and Ward's voice is reciting the intro from the actual Lovecraft short story. Yes, which is, West of Arkham, the hills rise wild, and there are valleys with deep woods that no axe has ever cut. There are dark, narrow glens where the trees slope fantastically, and where thin brooklets trickle without ever having caught the glint of sunlight. And he goes on to quote a little while longer, but it's very much, uh, Lovecraftian tone setting. Yes. Uh, We cut from the trees and the tone setting to Lavinia, our other kind of main character, uh, in some sort of robe in a stone circle, doing a spell on the riverbank. 
calling the four angels to her. And yeah. Archangels, I suppose there's more than four. A lot of them. But there are only four archangels. Yes. Anyways, and Ward comes across her doing this, so we and Ward watch this spell. Yeah, and uh, she doesn't see Ward, and uh, we see her in her ritual that she's conducting burn some hair, and uh, specifically she's asking whatever forces she's trying to invoke uh, to burn all of the cancer out of her mom, Teresa Gardner. Yeah, the remaining um, traces. The remaining traces. And uh, she also asks to be taken away from here, because she hates it here. At which point, uh, Ward is brought to her notice, and she's like, what the fuck, mate? What you doing there? She's like, you're on private land. And he's like, I thought the mayor informed everyone. Also, I thought that was crown land. By the way, my name's Ward. I'm a hydrologist. It's America. They don't have crown land in America. I thought it was... Freedom land. (laughs) I thought it was, this was a freedom forest. I'm sorry. (laughs) A freedom forest. (laughs) All of the Canadians are having a good laugh and our American listeners are like, what is, what is happening? What does any of this mean? Uh, Anyway, so she, she informs Ward that he is in fact on private land and he's gotta, he's gotta go. But Ward is like, I'm a hydrologist sent from Arkham to do, like, a survey of the water tables here for the hydroelectric plant that they're going to be putting up. Yes, and then she's like, I don't care. But he wins some points by asking if her spell was Wiccan or Alexandrian. And he goes, I think it was... And then she's like, which which do you think? And he's like, I think it's Alexandrian. And she goes, huh, that was your second mistake today. But with, like, a smile, like, you at least took the time to, to make a guess. She's like, they're, they're chemistry here. Anyway, I'm going to ride away on my gorgeous white horse now it's like a draft horse it's yeah. not really a riding horse it's name no. is comet yeah anyways we also see a shot of alpacas some alpacas we see him and we get our first look of the house and nathan lavinia's father drinking some tea on the porch as she rides up yeah and uh, he chastised her for not wearing a helmet and he's like it's dangerous you could fall and i'm like i'm on nicholas cage's side here you should absolutely wear a helmet while you're riding horses 100%. I amount of stories I've heard of people falling off horses and breaking every bone in their body, wear a fucking helmet. Uh, <laughs> we know, well, not you and I, but like my family knows people just outside of uh, Red Deer who used to be a rancher and was thrown from a horse, and he's a quadriplegic now. Yeah. Like, he can't move. Yeah, my aunt who uh, raises horses knew a guy that fell off of his horse and just died. Just hit a rock and It dead. does happen. Yeah. A lot of... Old, like, medieval kings and stuff died by falling off horses. Yeah. Horse safety. Practice it. Practice it. Anyways, uh, Teresa, Lavinia's mother, Nathan's wife, shows up and also starts chastising her. And in typical teenage fashion, Lavinia's like, we're gonna go put the horse away. And in the barn, we also meet Benny, her brother, who is very stoned. Smoking some Mary Jane. And the dog, Sam. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. He is a very good boy. And we also, a couple seconds later, meet her, their little brother, Jack, who is looking down the well. And it is at this point mentioned that everyone else in this area drinks bottled water. This will become key. Yes, but they they drink out of their well. And because uh, I guess it's pure enough there, it's nice enough there that they can just drink off the land. Or at least oh, they don't mind the taste of well water. Or they don't mind the taste of well water, yeah. Uh, so anyways, now that we've met all the family, uh, they sit down for dinner where they enjoy some duck that Nicolas Cage has cooked for everybody. With pork and regional spices. Everybody loves duck. <laughs> uh, we he also... Tell, he tells us alpacas are... Alpacas are the animals of the future. The animals of the 
future. And Lavinia is like, okay, Dad, I want McDonald's. But on the whole, we get the impression it's a pretty solid family doing their best. Like, there's a lot of, like, shit-talking, but, like, in the loving family shit-talking way. Yeah, so Nathan is instructed by Teresa to go downstairs to the wine cellar and get a bottle for them to drink. So he heads down. I guess the point of this scene is just to establish that they do have a wine cellar. And also for (laughs) Teresa to be like, I'll cook next time. Like, I think it's just kind of getting the family dynamic going. After dinner at... Nathan and Teresa on the porch decide they're gonna try getting it on for the first time mm-hmm. in six months. Yeah, and it's also it's also revealed and it's hinted at at this point uh, that Teresa has had a mastectomy, mastectomy, a yeah, double yeah. mastectomy, double mastectomy. So she's she had surgery on her breasts for breast cancer and is missing those now. And uh, also that the farm that they live used to belong to Nathan's dad, and he and his dad didn't have a very great relationship. Yes. Anyways, they decide to go get it on, and uh, Lavinia is, like, chilling on her bed with some headphones. She's, she's like, sleeping with, like, two bowls and a plate and, like, books all over no, her No, her bed. eyes are open. She's not sleeping. No, she was, like... No, she's she listening to eyes... music. Okay, well, whatever. Who keeps dishes in their bed? Your brother. Sorry, Kyle. Wow, you wasted no fucking time calling his name out. Cause last right time, there. Cause it was last... the front of your brain right there. just leapt immediately out. Because last time he was there, he was complaining that the cat ate spaghetti in his bed because he left a bowl of spaghetti in his bed, which okay. is not a problem other people have. Anyway, Lavinia also has possible spaghetti in her bed. Uh, Benny is on his computer looking at, like, a planetary model, I guess. Black holes? Black holes. Uh, they were specifically earlier, they mentioned that Benny was probably off smoking weed with Ezra, who's a hippie that lives on their land. Uh, and apparently they're into, like, space stuff together, him and Ezra. Yeah. Uh, Jack is lying in bed, and Sam the dog is out in the hallway whining, because something's up. Yes, something's so... Going on. We start getting some, like, pink and purple light... Like, Jack is sitting in the hallway, he's clearly terrified, Benny is just staring at his computer with, like, long strings of drool, um, we don't see what happens with Lavinia. Teresa and Nathan are having a great time being intimate and make no notice of the fact the entirety of their property is bathed in purple and also everything is shaking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then we see, like, something crash into the front front yard, kind of like... I don't know. Like Thor, a meteor? Like Thor style, though. The like, How it looks like the boom onto the ground is like when people use the Bifrost to teleport around in a Marvel movie. Is That's how it looked to me. That's fitting, because it's a pink and purple meteor, which is pretty, like, Bifrostian colors. Pretty Bifrostian. Although it is not Bifrostian in nature, as we will find out soon. Uh, but the sound of this meteorite crashing into their front yard draws all the gardeners out to around the crater, where this bright magenta pink... Meteor is sitting there glowing. Um, Nathan, at this point, also comments that it smells terrible. Yes. But nobody else seems to register a smell. Yes. Just him. Uh, inside, Jack is sitting on the couch, and Teresa thinks he's in shock. He's just staring at nothing. He, of course, was sitting in the hallway when that light first mm-hmm. was bathed. And the family is kind of arguing in the background while that high pitch sound happens. And we start to get the first hints of tension. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's just little things, little little snipes, but based on the family dinner we just saw, it's very easy to believe they're all clearly under some kind of stress. This doesn't seem quite mm-hmm. normal. Well, we also get the sense that this move is not really, like, not everybody in the family is psyched about it. Maybe they're moving to try and get a change, but uh, obviously these are not, this isn't a rural family. No. Used to living in a rural place like this. No, but hey, they have alpacas 
Animals of the Future. Animal of the Future. Uh, In the morning. Well, but before that, yeah, uh, they argue about whether or not they should take Jack to the hospital in Arkham, uh, which is a long ways away. It's a few hours away. An hour. An hour away, yeah. And so, like, they don't want to make that drive out, even though Jack's head is hurting. And uh, Nathan enjoys himself a whiskey. Bourbon. Bourbon, right. In the morning, the sheriff, the mayor, and Ward show up to look at this space rock. The mayor is honestly just a big bitch about it. Mm-hmm. And is like, this isn't my problem. I'm leaving. You should have sold this farm to me. Mm-hmm. In my six-inch stilettos that are completely inappropriate for hiking around on a farm. Yeah. Uh, but when, in his description of the meteorite to the mayor, Nathan is unable to describe its color. So yes. he says, like, it was pink, magenta. I, I actually don't know what it was. After the mayor and the sheriff leave, Nathan goes to milk the alpacas and is like, Ward, would you like to see how you milk an alpaca? Well, before that, Ward and Lavinia talk for a bit as well. And uh, Ward ends up looking at her combat boots, and she's like, you looking at my legs? And Ward's like, oh, no. Lavinia's like, it's cool, fam. And then uh, and then Ward gets taken to see... I, I think at first he's asked to take a look at the meteor. And again, he's like, I'm a hydrologist. I'm not an astronomer. It's kind of like Tremors. <laughs> kind of like Tremors with Brenda. I'm a seismologist. seismologist. Stop telling me other science. It I, makes no sense. Is it Brenda or Rhonda? I kept on getting it messed up in the movie, and I can't <laughs> decide again. I think it's Rhonda. I don't know. I think it's Rhonda and you called her Renda. Anyway. Yes. uh, Inside, Teresa tells Lavinia she was practically throwing herself at Ward. And Lavinia's like, oh. Yeah, and she was like, look at what you're wearing. Lavinia's like, Mom, this is not the 50s. Get out of here. Yes. In the barn, Nathan is milking the alpaca. (laughs) And he's explaining to Ward the delicate nature of milking an alpaca. He's like, you gotta... You gotta get really in there. You gotta, you gotta be gentle. You gotta, gotta, gotta warm them up. I, I put some flaxseed in no, their feed. No, it's fennel. Fennel in their, in their feed, hoping to make the, uh, the milk it may, quality it improve. In, it increases the yield and improves the flavor. And uh, he offers Ward uh, a piping hot cup of... <laughs> cup of Alpaca milk. Alpaca milk. And Ward's like, nah, I'm good, man. And uh, Nathan's like, okay, suit yourself. And he takes the swig himself. Yes. Benny at this time takes Ward to meet Ezra, a crazy former electrician who lives in a shack in the woods. And Ezra is uh, Cheech from Cheech Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong, yep. And he's got, like, weird face paint on and a very hippie vibe. And he's also got a cat named G-Spot. Uh, and offers to make them some coffee. Yeah, and uh, Ward is like, G-Spot's a weird name for a cat. And Benny's like, what are you talking about? Pussy named G-Spot? It's hilarious. And I'm like, ah, you are 14. Yep. Yep. Mm. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, it's not that hilarious. Like, but like, okay. Ward also doesn't think it's hilarious. But, uh, he's but he offered, does pet the cat. He does pet the cat. He's offered a cup of joe. Uh, first he's offered uh, a hit of weed, a hit of a blunt. Uh, by Cheech, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. By Cheech. But, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. And then Ezra offers him a cup of joe instead, and he notes that the water looks kind of strange. There's like the a sheen. There's like a sheen, and uh, Ezra tells him that the water's been coming up brackish. And uh, Ward says, well, it could just be rust on the pipes, but uh, maybe I'll take a sample and check it out for you guys just in case. And Ezra's like, yeah, man, whatever works. Meanwhile, a storm breaks out, and we cut back to the farm, and the lightning in the storm is itself pink and purpley. And we see Lavinia standing outside watching it and it occasionally strikes the meteor quite specifically. And then Nathan comes out and is like, Lavinia, what are you doing standing out here in this electrical storm? Get back inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that was my Nicolas Cage voice. That was definitely that like was 1920s not, yeah. gangster. Not Maybe I was thinking like Lovecraftian era. 
Mm. Mm. I'm going to go with that instead of that just happened. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Ward is testing the water. Yeah, he's back at his little tent out in the woods, I guess. And uh, he puts the, it's like a test kit that he's doing on it, and it turns magenta. And th- he's like, well, that's not good. I think, honestly, it's a um, pH mm-hmm. strip, because I have those exact same strips for testing my fish tank water. Right, but it, it turns bright purple, and he's like, well, that's not good. Yes, it's very acidic, if I recall my chemistry properly. Very acidic, so it's bad, it's bad shit. He's got his radio on, and then his radio signal starts to go out, and then he gets a phone call. And the phone call also gets real yeah, distorted. It's, it's very, very staticky. And here's some cracking sounds in the woods, like something stepping on some twigs, some fresh twigs. And so he's like, I'm going to go investigate that. What's, what's that noise? And he goes out of his tent, shining his flashlight into the woods. And we see on the fringes of his flashlight's beam uh, a shifting kind of pink color that you could blink and you'll miss it kind of in the darkness there. Uh, but then suddenly he is, uh, he jumps as his Jeep behind him turns on and starts revving. And he turns around and there's nobody there, but the Jeep is revving on its own until it finally, uh, shuts off. And then the radio turns on and Ward is just like, what is happening? And I'm like, me too, Ward. That's some wild shit. And the movie's like, doesn't matter. Moving on. So the following morning, <laughs> uh, the meteor has completely disappeared. Though there are some, like, magenta flowers growing on the property Mm-hmm. And also a uh, magenta skink, little lizard. Yeah. On the on on the uh, well. Have you ever seen a skink? Yes. They're cute little buggers. They are cute. I like skinks. But yes, the meteor is, is missing. Um, and the news arrives because mm-hmm. the mayor has publicized this against Nathan's right. wishes. But before that, Nathan also points out that there are weird-looking flowers growing around the well. I just talked about the flowers. Oh, did you? Yeah. I'm completely. Wow! Not even listening to I, me. I blanked on that. Sorry. Rude. Anyways, uh, the news arrives and interviews Nathan, and we cut to that evening where they're watching. Well, the children and Nathan are watching Nathan's interview, in which he looks like the craziest UFO sighting guy humanly possible. Well, first thing is that instead of saying, like, a meteor crashed in his front yard, they start being like, so when did you see the UFO? And, like, the news is posturing it as, like... He is a UFO, UFO witness. witness kind of thing. And, and, he's, and they're like, did you have anything to drink? And he's like, well, uh, I like bourbon, and, uh, but I, I'd only had a few. And I, I was sober by the time. And it doesn't look good. Uh, so he's getting more and more annoyed by uh, the interview. And uh, Teresa, meanwhile, is in the kitchen chopping some carrots. And we see that Before she's... she chops the carrots, though, she cracks an egg into the bowl. And the egg is bloody. Right. Which she does not notice. Right. Which is odd, because if I cracked an egg into a bowl and it was full of blood, I'd be like, mm, not eating that egg. Right. But she says that, she's chopping carrots, and she seems kind of zoned out. She's got a faraway look in her eye. Uh, while Nathan is shouting at her, she doesn't seem to be hearing him. Uh, eventually, Jack, the little kid, hops out of the couch and is like, Mom, what's going on? As she's uh, chopping the carrots, and she turns to him and chops right through two of her fingers. Yep. Uh, spraying blood all over him. And uh, Jack's like, Mom's hurt. And uh, she holds up her bloody hands and is like, Dinner's almost ready. Yes. um, She doesn't seem to even register anything's happening until Nathan is, like, forcing her into the car to take her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And as they're leaving, he's like, Benny, you're the man of the house. you got to put the alpacas in the barn. And the kids are like, uh, okay. Yeah. And meanwhile, Teresa's also like, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I cut off my fingers. Like, but I did. I don't know why I did that, though. Yes. So Benny takes the alpacas for a drink the next morning and then heads inside. And then Lavinia uh, heads outside with her cup of coffee or whatever she's got. 
and yells for Benny. And is like, Benny, what the fuck? The alpacas are not in the barn. You didn't feed the alpacas. And Benny's like, I put the alpacas in the barn and I fed them. And she's like, lay off the weed, man. And he's like, fine, whatever. Meanwhile, Jack is staring at the well and whistling at it. And yeah. Lavinia's like, what's going on, bud? And he's like, I'm talking to the man in the well. Yeah, my, my friends. Uh, so Lavinia's like, okay, weird child. Continue on. Carry on. And she turns around to leave, but as she turns around, suddenly there's a whistling sound coming from inside of the well back. Yeah, really high pitched. Really high pitched. And we'll start to hear this whistling sound pretty much every, at least once every five minutes for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Nathan calls from the hospital, uh, but neither he nor Lavinia can hear each other over the distorted signal. It's the same kind of problem Word was having. Yes. And uh, we get a shot outside and we see the flowers are beginning to spread over the property. There's more and more magenta flowers. Mm. And Jack is now actively staring down the well. Yeah, and he's also, at this point, I think, he's drawing a picture of a pink and purple monster. Yes. Big glob thing on the wall. And the, uh, the well is whispering to him, so he walks up to it to investigate. Uh, and deep down in the well, he sees this pink pustule that is vibrating and slowly it cracks open and out steps this uh, alien-looking praying mantis. Well, it's not particularly alien-looking. It's just bright pink. It's got tentacles coming out of its mouth. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It was a normal mantis. It was nope. just bright pink. Nope. Wow. Okay. I promise you it was not. Apparently my brain mantis. didn't want to process whatever the mantis was and was like, pink mantis. Cool, not a normal-looking mantis. <laughs> Lavinia inside is doing the dishes, including the bloody knife. And then that high-pitched noise comes back, and the water in the tap starts kind of to reflect a pink sheen. And then the sink begins to overflow with what looks far more like blood than water. Yeah, and it's been some time, clearly. So we're just starting to see now that time itself seems to be sort of distorting around the farm because she was just doing the dishes a second ago, and now the sink is overflowing. With with, and blood she, water. Yeah, and she has no idea, like, and she kind of, like, is standing there, uh, confused. Like, she's not aware that all this time has suddenly passed. She gets another unhearable call, and then is like, oh, gotta go throw up right now. Mm -hmm. Which she does, and then Ward shows up, and is like, hey, Lavinia. He's like, so don't drink the water. Water real bad? Don't drink it. And she's like, that'll do, science man. I gotta go puke again. And he's like, well, don't drink the water. Okay, bye. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ward is leaving and sees Jack just staring at the well, and he's like, what you doing, buddy? And Jack's like, talking to my friends. And Ward is like, okay, I'm going to go talk to Ezra now in the hopes Ezra will be more normal. Ezra is not more normal. No. He is listening to recordings of weird high-pitched noises <laughs> from under his house. Mm -hmm. Who sh He shows Ward, and Ward is like, what am I listening to it's just static and he's like it's the voices man it's the aliens the who aliens came on the rocks that came on the rock uh, also at this point in in our background shots we're starting to notice that in the trees there are like pink flowers and stuff like the background is becoming more and more colorful and magenta just kind of generally around the property yes just before uh ward leaves he's like hey if i see your cat who's missing i'll let you know and Ezra is like, oh, you can see her, but I don't think it's going to be her no more. Like, I don't think you'll recognize her. Uh, and then we cut to Nathan singing opera for some reason in the truck as they as he drives Teresa home from her successful surgery. She Lightening her, the mood, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. She had her fingers uh, reattached, and so she's all good to go now. Uh, and he has to slam on the brakes, however, as a hideous creature hops out onto the road. And we see it's cat-like, but it's 
Very much a, a monster cat. The thing that was a cat, but is no longer. Not a cat anymore. They arrive home to find Jack, who is... Well, but, yeah, so they slam on the brakes, the cat hisses at them, and then jumps into the woods. Just so you don't think we're, like, glossing over a monster encounter. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Jack is still watching the well, and the mist turns kind of purpley, and Sam runs off barking into the night. And then Nathan and Teresa get back. At this point, we also get a quick conversation between Benny and... Uh, Lavinia, where she's like, God damn it, Benny, you left the alpacas out again. And he's like, no, I got lost. I was just in the field one minute ago in daytime, and now it's nighttime. Yeah. He he ran off because he thought he saw Sam the dog. Uh, but we also... No, because Sam the dog runs away four seconds that's before That's his reason scene. for being out, though, is that he oh. thought he heard Sam the dog in the woods. And he went running after it, and then uh, suddenly it was nighttime, and he couldn't find his way back. Uh, but we're kind of glossing over a lot. There is a lot of uh, scenes we haven't actually talked about that are showing, like, monitors and stuff beginning to glitch out and fizzle, and uh, electronics starting to not quite work uh, in the background. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so uh, Nathan arrives back home and is like... With Teresa? With Teresa, yeah. And is like... Uh, yeah, the alpacas are still out. What is your problem? And the kids are like, something is going on here. We need to get out of here. And Nathan's like, I don't want to hear any of your excuses. Get back in the house. Do you know how much an alpaca costs these days? God. Anyways. They uh, are alpacas. Alpacas. Uh, Nathan has basically an adult temper tantrum at Lavinia when she says she doesn't know what's going on and starts like swearing at her and stuff and then goes to shower in the water. Bad move, Nathan. Bad move. The water in the shower, incidentally, is not draining. Because there's like a weird a weird jelly disc in the drain. Yeah, looks like a jellyfish. If ever you've been on the coast and have seen a jellyfish washed up on the shore, uh, it's it just kind of goo. And he picks it up and is like, that's weird. But then the goo suddenly sprouts tendrils all over his hands, digging into his skin. And he's like, ah, oh, gross. Throws it off and it, and it like dissolves into the drain and he quickly rubs his hand in the water yes and then he goes out and he and Teresa start kind of having a fight mm -hmm. at one point Teresa mentions like well what is the smell is it like the black mold coming up from the basement why is there black mold in the basement of every horror movie house uh, why because black mold is every homeowner's nightmare moving on uh <laughs> so Nathan uh yeah, he's complaining about the smell because apparently he hasn't been able to get out of his out of his nose since that meteorite fell. And he describes it as the cancer smell, the sterile smell of death. And is like, you know that smell better than anybody because, of course, she had breast cancer, we assume. Um, but anyway, that, that fight kind of ends and they both go to bed. And we see now the next morning that pink mushrooms and pink flowers are starting to grow all over the place in the property yes nathan is harvesting his tomatoes a month early all of his tomato plants by the way are pink yep and the tomatoes are huge they're beefsteak tomatoes mm -hmm. he's also scratching all over which we're not really surprised about because he just showered in that water mm -hmm. uh, and while he's taking the tomatoes inside and washing them Teresa loses a client uh in her like work from home job finance business i don't know they don't um, really get into specifics she's got clients that's all we know <laughs> yes and she communicates with them over Wi-Fi, but of course that static comes and cuts her client off, and she and Nathan basically get into another yelling match that is kind of uncharacteristic. Like they don't seem to even register the other person no. is there or doing things. No, they're just kind of yelling about problems. Yes. Uh, but she's like, "Yeah, you need to fix the satellite dish," and he's like, "I already looked at the dish." And then he takes a bite out of a peach that he's harvested, 
and spits it out. And then he takes a bite out of a tomato and spits it out. Then another tomato and spits it out. And he's like, it all tastes terrible. I followed every instruction, but it still tastes like shit. Why does it taste like shit? And I'm like, because it's an alien. Because aliens. Yes. Nick Cage. Nathan decides to cool off with some bourbon. Mm-hmm. And we see the ice cubes in his glass are a little bit pink. A little bit pink. And he is rubbing the bourbon all over his hand, which uh, the jellyfish thing dug into. And his hand is all scaly now. Yeah, it looks super leathery. Leathery like and gross. And he's, and he's rubbing bourbon on it. Uh, Lavinia, meanwhile, has had a brief conversation with Benny about how they need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And she is packing a bag. And then picks up the good old Necronomicon, mm-hmm. uh, which does not look particularly Necronomicon-like. It's just like a black paperback book that's like Necronomicon. Sure. But uh, she begins to flip through it. Uh, meanwhile, Jack climbs out of bed and finds Nathan sleeping in front of the television, uh, bourbon in hand, and the television is all staticky. So he's like, okay, well, Dad's sleeping, watching a weird TV show, so I'm going to go find Benny. And he walks outside and uh, meets with Benny, who's sitting on the porch, and they're looking over the front lawn, which is now almost entirely magenta and pink um, in the night. Uh, And Benny goes, looks pretty beautiful, doesn't it, bud? Yeah, they call a lot of pink things beautiful in this movie, and that's kind of a trend also, is like, they seem to think it's pretty rather than concerning that their whole world is turning Yeah, and and yeah, for everybody that's listening that are like, well, why don't they just fucking leave? Clearly something is going wrong. We might not be doing the best job describing it, but like, they're under the influence of this thing into not leaving. And so like, yes, you or I normally would pack up and probably leave at the first weird thing that's going on, but uh, for them, they seem to be under the influence of it, which is why none of this seems to be concerning to them enough. Yes. Back in her room, Lavinia starts doing a ritual, which involves cutting herself... A lot with a box cutter, mm-hmm. and Benny and Jack are like, "Let's go towards this barn." Because they hear some whining coming from it, uh, the alpacas, and so they they go together to check on the alpacas with the flashlight and uh, illuminate what we assume is some horrible. Well, we see parts of them. They're definitely horribly mutated alpacas. Yeah, there's so, no fur. So they've all like fused together, kind of. The Thing style. Yes. Uh, Teresa has come outside also looking for Jack. Um, and then horrible pink light starts kind of exploding out of the alpacas. And so Benny and Jack start running. And Teresa, of course, starts running towards them. So Jack runs into Teresa's arms. And Benny keeps running. And then the light hits Jack and Teresa. That's yeah. a bad time. Yeah, and it, uh, it fuses them together with uh, her in the front and uh, young Jack coming out of her back now. Um, Lavinia comes downstairs to discover the horrifying scene, and she screams, and uh, we move on to the next morning. Yeah, the mist the next morning is completely pink, mm-hmm. and Nathan is in the car, which will not start. Won't start. And, well, he has a big scream about it, which, like, honestly, fair... Nathan, you've had a rough time. Everybody has. Lavinia is trying to comfort the, like, moaning people mass of her brother and mother while Benny is sitting there, and they're, like, trying to have a conversation about, like, what do we do? And it's like, there's nothing you can do for this horrible fused mass of people. Yeah, I've been calling, in all my notes, I have them as Therac. Therac. Teresa Jack. (laughs) Therac. I think I just called them the people mass a lot, to be honest. I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, uh, they so, determine they determine that sunlight is hurting them. Yes. Benny notices that there is some sunlight coming through the door, or through the window, and that the 
and Thirak is uh, recoiling from it. So Nathan's like, okay, take him upstairs. We'll put him in the attic and uh, where we can shut the window. Yes, so they're up in the attic uh, trying to, like, comfort the horrible moaning people mess. And outside, the alpacas begin screaming. Mm-hmm. And Nathan is like, stay here with your mother. It's fine. And they're like, what are you going to do, Dad? He's like, don't worry about it. Uh, and meanwhile, the Teresa half of the Iraq is saying that she is thirsty. Yeah, which is the first coherent words. And they're not really coherent. Frankly, if we didn't no. have the subtitles on, I would not have parsed those as words. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Nathan goes and grabs a shotgun and has a classic cage freakout about how they've been through enough and he's going to go take care of business. And he heads to the barn and uh, shoots the hell out of the alpaca mass. And we actually see the horrible mutated alpaca mass, which is not actually any individual alpacas anymore and they have no fur. And it's it's like a horrible flesh mass with Alpaca with heads, heads sticking out of it. Yeah, it's not yeah. great. And Nathan has to shoot all of the heads individually. Yeah. And is sprayed with alpaca blood. Yeah. And then has a little breakdown in the barn, which, like, Fair. again, valid. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, up in the attic, uh, Teresa, the Teresa part of the Iraq, is drinking out of a bowl that they brought her like a dog, and it's kind of fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I like how you say it's kind of fucked up, like... That was that was what really was <laughs> fucked up. It's not the people mass fused together or the whining. It's the people mass saying, looking out of a bowl. The whole thing is fucked up, obviously. I'm not focusing specifically on that. Um, I know, it's just funny the way you phrased it. Nathan comes back up into the attic and with his gun in hand and is like, okay, Lavinia, Benny, you guys need to leave. I'm going to handle it. And Lavinia's like, like you handled the alpacas? And it's like, what else do you expect him to do, you can't just take this to the emergency room and be like, "Can you solve this problem?" Unfuse my wife and son, please. <laughs> An alien did it. <laughs> uh, the the children leave, Lavinia and Benny, and Nathan puts the shotgun to Teresa's head, and she starts like whimpering, and he can't bring himself to kill her. And I just want to put it clear on the record: I told Tom that was going to be a critical error. Of course it was. Uh, but instead of shooting her, he's like hot diggity. Maybe I'll get a smooch instead. and uh, With stringy, horrible purple drool. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. And he kisses Teresa's uh, mouth, and there's gross purple drool, and it's disgusting, but and he does like, it anyway. And he's like, we're going to go on a trip when this is all over. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that brief moment of lucidity dealing with the alpacas has already left. Yeah, it's gone now. Uh, but meanwhile, we leave that insanity and go back to Ward in town, who is at town hall right now. Uh, about the contaminated groundwater, and he's shown a mass of wild animals that was found by a Well, local... as he's leaving the office from the mayor. Yes. He's been shut down. The mayor doesn't care about the contamination. The contracts are all signed already. Yeah, this, this like, hydroelectric plant is gonna happen. Fuck out. Get fuck out of here, Ward. Uh, yes. So, fuck out of there, he goes, and uh, in the parking lot, he is pulled aside by a sheriff who had a fellow who was driving by the gardener house and he came upon this like mass of wild animals that had all fused together in alpaca uh, fashion in alpaca fashion and he shows uh ward this grotesque display in the back of his pickup and ward comments that it looks like in addition to being all fused together they look like they've been suffering radiation burns and internally ward is probably like i'm a hydrologist why are you showing me all these horrible animal corpses not that kind of science. Back at the farm, it's nighttime, and Lavinia and Benny are getting Comet the horse uh, saddled up. They're gonna 
they're gonna get out of here on the horse, but the horse's eyes are kind of purple. Yeah, we it's see. Got a drink too. We, we see little flecks of uh, purple in the eyes, and we know that's not gonna go so well. Uh, Benny goes into the barn to get the saddle, but when he comes back out, uh, Comet bucks clear of uh, Lavinia and runs off into the night. And there now they're gonna have to walk, but it's twenty-one miles to town. I thought it was thirteen. No, they said 21, I think. Oh, it's a long way it's either a long, way. You can't walk that in the middle in of the, the night. Dark, in the dark with an alien magenta thing living in, in your property? Yeah. Uh, Benny, at this point, thinks he hears the missing Sam in the well and is like, gotta go rescue Benny, or gotta go rescue Sam, and then looks down the well, and despite there being absolutely no visible dog of any kind, is like, I'm gonna just climb in there real fast. Well, he's like, I can see him, I can hear him, and we can tell, and like I said a little while ago we can tell that this thing is influencing them but we as what like people that are witnessing this movie don't get to see what they're seeing or hear what they're hearing necessarily yeah. it's clearly not working on lavinia either though because she's begging benny not to go in the well no and she's like there's nothing down there and even if there is it's a dog benny's like don't care doing it for the vine and he climbs on down the well uh, and the well begins to glow a bright pink, and he tries to clamber his way out, but is uh, overtaken by the glow and vanishes into the well. Rip Benny. That's Rip Benny. Nathan, at this point, has another tantrum and shows up behind Lavinia and grabs her and literally, like, drags her upstairs. Mm -hmm. And she's like, please do not put me in that attic with the horrible thing that used to be my mother. And Nathan is like... We're a family. Now get in there and I'm going to lock this door. He's like, you're going to feed your mother. And he throws her in the attic. Uh, but then we go back to Ward and the sheriff, who are now making their way towards the gardener home in the sheriff's car. Uh, they end up passing by Comet, who is running down the road. And uh, that gives them some expediency because Ward recognizes the horse and is like, that's weird. We should, we should hurry. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Lavinia is pounding on the door, begging for her father. And at this point... Uh, I just want to say, I, what happened next, I went to go type a note, but what happened next startled me so bad, I just pushed buttons, and I ended up accidentally making a shocked face with, like, a zero, a dot, and a zero, which I think encapsulates my feelings of this next part better than any note I could possibly have written. Do you want to tell us what happens next? Yeah, so, uh, Lavinia turns around, and Teresa, Jack, people, mess, have mutated further and become a horrible, like, spider monster thing. A lot of, a lot of arms... Yeah, and, the, and she's, like, crawling over. If you've ever played Dark Souls 3, it's a lot like the, like, centipede people things in, like, the sewers, the white ones. Like, it's gnarly. It's not great. And, um, used to be Teresa, but definitely is not Teresa no more. Nope. Uh, knocks Lavinia down and starts talking about how she's hungry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Teresa's, or, uh, Lavinia's like, Mom, please don't eat me. We see down below, uh, Nathan is pouring himself another bourbon. And uh, he is sitting, or he pours two bourbons, uh, one for himself, but then he puts one where uh, we've seen Teresa sits. And uh, he sits across from her and is like, we're going to watch, or where her her seat is, I should say, and is like, we're going to watch a movie. It's your favorite, clearly thinking that uh, his family is here and everything is fine. And he starts talking about, like, the trip they're going to take. Mm-hmm. When finally Ward and the sheriff arrive. Is the sheriff ever named in no. this film? Okay. Just checking, because I've just been calling him the sheriff the whole time. He's not in many scenes, so. That's fair. So they start knocking on the door, and eventually Nathan answers, and they're like, what's up? You look you look a little rough, and Nathan is like, come in. And they're like, where's your family? And he's like, they're right here. Motioning to the empty room, and they're like, okay, that's strange. But then Ward hears Lavinia screaming upstairs, and he and the sheriff go up and bust in, 
ready to take care of business. But then they see the thing and are kind of shocked and halt and uh, are frozen in fear. And uh, as the creature goes in for the kill on Lavinia, uh, it is stopped when it is shot. Yeah, and, Teresa's uh, head is blown the fuck up. Blown the fuck up. And uh, we move back and we see that it is not the sheriff who shot her, but Nathan with the shotgun. Yes, and he then moves and takes out Jack. See, I told you that was going to be a bad move, leaving it alive the first time. And then very calmly is like, hmm, can I go back to my bourbon? And just like walks out of the room. And meanwhile, Ward and the sheriff are still just standing there like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which, like, fair. But Ward is like, okay, I'm going to carry you, Lavinia, out to the patrol car. We're getting the fuck out of here. Uh, and as they make their way across the front lawn towards the patrol car, suddenly pink color shoots out of the well, uh, and Nathan in the house aims his gun at Ward, but is saved when the sheriff shoots Nathan instead, I think, uh, causing the color to retreat. I think Nathan is meaning to shoot the, like, tentacles, because mm. it's like, Ward happens to be in front of him, but, like, so is the well, and we're never given actually a really clear shot, but I got the impression this is one of Nathan's moments of lucidity. Trying to, and but then the sheriff thinks he's aiming at Ward and shoots Which, like, Nathan. fair, shit's going wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways... Lavinia scrambles over to him and is like, you shot my dad! And it's like, Lavinia, to be honest, I would have shot your dad also. This is a wild situation. Yeah. And she's like, I'm gonna stay here. And and, as, and Ward, rather, is like, we gotta go! And she's like, we can't go. She's like, this thing won't let us leave. We can't go anywhere. And, he's and like, uh, Ward's like, okay, well, we're gonna go check on Ezra then, because he's another guy that lives around here. Well, they hear a noise in the direction yeah. of his cabin. Yeah. Um... And then I'll come back for you. And Lavinia's like, that's nice. Whatever you say, Ward. Later days, Ward. So they arrive at Ezra's cabin, and they hear his voice, very loud, very distorted, talking about how the color grew in the well, and how the color is changing everything into what it what it knows, yeah, where it yeah. is from. So we get the sense that uh, this entity that is falling from the sky uh, is from a place, another dimension, not even just another planet, just another unknowable place, and uh, it has been slowly converting everything around it into its own planet, and like where it's from. Or as close as it can get Or as to close that as planet. it can get, yeah. Uh, so they're like, that's wild, and they head inside, and go to check on Ezra, who is not in fact actually talking, he is like a mummified, desiccated corpse, and it's his voice that has been recorded. Yeah. That is playing out. That's coming over, uh, coming over the, the radio that he's got there. Uh, but they end up. Well, Ezra's head starts gushing purple. Yeah, Ezra's a crack in Ezra's head begins to gush purple, and so they're like, "Okay, we're getting the fuck out of here." So warden the sheriff, uh, Vamoose, from Ezra's house, only for the sheriff to be grabbed by a tree. Yeah, we don't see it at first. He just like is yeeted off the top of the screen, and his gun gets dropped and goes off, and Ward's like, "What?" And Ward turns around, and the sheriff is, like, up the tree squirming, and then the tree just straight up, like, stabs him in the face. Yeah. And, and that's uh, Rip Sheriff. Rip Sheriff, man. Uh, but Ward's like, that's crazy. Anyways, you don't need this gun anymore, so I'm gonna take that. Good move, Ward. And uh, he heads back to the gardener front lawn uh, to find uh, Lav Lavinia in front of the well. And there is just so much bright light gushing out of that well. At this point, by the way, things get real psychedelic, mm -hmm. and... <laughs> It's kind of going to be like Annihilation. We're going to do our best. There is no way we can possibly convey to you using only words the last three minutes yeah. of this film. So I guess the best way to describe it is that 
Ward reaches out to Lavinia, uh, but she clearly at this point is so far gone. Her skin is magenta, her eyes are glowing, the symbol that she's carved in her forehead with the uh, box cutter earlier is also glowing, and Ward sees in that symbol in her forehead, he's given this vision of a, a bizarre world of shifting tentacles and bright fuchsia light. Presumably the place the color comes from. Yeah. Uh, at this point, the color itself comes out of the well and, like, shoots up in a glitchy space vortex. It's like a space tornado. I have no idea how to describe it's this. It's cool. But it's a, it, it is cool. It's a very pink tornado. This is what I mean. Lovecraft really needs modern CGI. Yeah. You could not do this in the 1960s. Yeah. But uh, Ward ends up breaking away from this vision and uh, crawls across the lawn, looks up to see Lavinia, basically just kind of turn to ash and fly off into the storm. Uh, and Ward ends up going back inside of the house uh, to hide from this this thing, this big explosion. And uh, Nathan is alive and well. Well, well no, his eyes well. are very corpsey and yeah. Uh, but he starts talking in Lavinia's voice, and from within the house and the color, we start hearing a lot of lines from the movie before us. So you're given the impression that the the color has not killed them so much as it has assimilated them thing-like yeah, into a single entity. They are a part of it now. Uh, but Ward, also as he's moving, his physical form is kind of bending. and he's, Everything is yeah, bending. Yeah, everything's moving around kind of weird. We get the sense that he's having trouble moving around. But uh, Nathan stands, and uh, as he stands, all of the other members of the Gardner family also appear in their respective seats in the living room. And uh, Nathan starts to attack Ward. But Ward manages to escape down into the wine cellar. Yes, which um, Nathan does not manage to break into before he too disintegrates. And everything goes super, super pink and kind of statics out. Yeah. Like, it's almost like the film itself can't contain what is actually happening. Exactly. So. And so we cut to black uh, and then cut to white. Uh, unlike the colorful atmosphere of this whole movie, suddenly it's white. And we see Ward crawling uh, out of the ruins of the Gardner home. Everything that is around has been just, like, reduced to ash. Yes, and the camera starts panning out um, aerially, but, like, upside down. Like, Ward is not at the bottom, and it's going up like mm -hmm. he's at the top, and it's going down. It's a cool shot. Yeah. And... Uh, we see not only is everything colored in ash, but the, the color has actually been stripped out of a whole circular area. Like, the forest at the edge of the circle is fine. But, like, yeah, it's like it's sucked away the color, like you said. It's gone. Yeah, so it, you, you get the impression that the color has grown and went back to where it came from and, yeah. like, took all of the essence of itself. Anyways, uh, we go back to Ward sometime later, now Some... standing on a dot. A, a dot. A damn. A damn. Damn. <laughs> I know how English works, I swear. And he talks about how he hopes the damn water that is covering this farm now is deep, but he will never drink he it. He will never drink it. No. Which, it's like, that's valid, Ward. He also talks about how um, few now remember those strange days. And we get the impression the water in this reservoir is no longer got space color in it, it's no longer gonna, like, turn people crazy. But maybe it was messing with a few other people, or... Well, everybody else in this area drinks bottled water. That's yeah, why they that's need true. the dam. So that's why I pointed that out at the beginning. Like, it only seems to affect yeah. this family, because they're the only ones who drink well water. Yeah. Um, but anyways, an older ward finishes his cigarette and his 
reminiscing on the bizarre thing his mind wasn't supposed to comprehend. And then that pink praying mantis from The Well, which I guess was horribly mutated, but is distant, so it's just a little praying mantis, flits across the screen as the title card shows up. And it's the last thing of the movie is the title card. Color of space. Color out of space. Color out of space. So that was that movie. Uh, Which was wild. It's a wild experience. Uh, Definitely recommend, even if you've listened to this whole breakdown, that you go watch it. Um, It's psychedelic. It's really the only way to describe it. It's unlike any movie you'll ever see before. It's like you can, we can explain to you the first four-fifths of the film, and the final fifth of the film is like, it's purple, fam. I don't know what to tell you. It's so colorful. Uh, So now is the part of the episode where we are going to break down for, or no, we've already done the breaking down. Now we're going to rate it. We're going to rate our breakdown. Break down our ratings? There you go. See? Got it figured out. So, Mickey, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how well made was this movie? I would give it an 8. The cinematography is really, really good. Um, there's lots of really good shots of, like, ice cubes or whatever with just, like, a faint pink sheen, which really, I think, conveys the color as spreading, especially through the water. Some of the shots, like, the cinematography is really good, but some of the shots are a little confusing because they're they're trying to go just a little too artsy with it with angles and stuff but like generally i'd say it's really really well done i'll give it an eight yeah i would also give it an eight like you said the shots are really really good the the use of color is really cool i like how before it's even obvious if you're paying a lot of attention you can just see how deep this problem has become before it starts to be an actual problem you're like you start to see it spread and you're kind of like whoa Uh, so that was kind of neat uh the acting was pretty good uh, of course, it's a little bit easier to act when you can be kind of unhinged, which everybody was allowed to be because of this influence. It's perfect for Nicolas uh, Cage. It was good. It was good, yeah. So I would also give it an 8. Now on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you enjoy it? I'm going to give it a 7. It was um, it was a fun romp. It was kind of psychedelic at the end. Like, it's difficult for me to parse something as liking it when, I, when I'm just like, I don't know, it's it's purple and, mm. and glitchy, you know? Mm. But on the whole, I had, like, a decent time watching it. I didn't hate the, what, hour and 40 minutes of my life that yeah. we spent watching it. Cool. Uh, I think I'm going to give it an 8, actually, because, you know me, I love good old-fashioned body horror. The idea of a mom being fused to her son its kind of horrific. Uh, I also love uh, Lovecraftian, things that are unknowable and unseeable and incomprehensible but horrifying nonetheless i i love that kind of shit um i feel like it was an awesome modern interpretation of that short story and so uh i really liked it i'm looking forward to if they are making uh the dunwatch horror next then uh i'll be first in line in the movie theater i'm all about that if it's the after times if it is we can go back to movie theaters if it is the promised times uh so anyways yeah i'm gonna give it an eight so now on a scale of 1 to 10, how scary was it? I'm going to give it a 7, which is the highest I've given a movie in a while. But, like, straight up, most most of that 7 comes from just the sudden fucking spider Teresa Jack situation. Like, yeah. I did panic a little bit there. Well, I feel like, like, if you were to pick a set piece for this movie that is, like, the horrific set piece, that's probably it. That yeah. scene there. So And, like, the alpacas were pretty, like, and stuff like that. The atmosphere is not itself inherently terrifying. Because it's, it's, it's bright and it's colorful. magenta. But, like, there definitely were a lot of moments, particularly towards, like, the latter third of this film, where I was just like, <laughs> I don't like it. Sure. In a scary way. Not like, I don't like it because it's a bad way, but just in a... 
It's scary way. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to give it a four because uh, although, like, it doesn't spook me, it would be spooky for people. And you're right, like, the uh, the fusion of them together is disgusting. The alpaca mass is pretty disgusting. Uh, but I also personally find the um, the, like, it's beyond your comprehension, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just gonna kill you. It's too late already. Like, that is something that spooks me. So, uh, I guess it does spook me in that sense. So, yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid uh, four. Very good. For me. So, that was our breakdown of Color Out of Space. You got it that time. I know. I was. I, I took a couple seconds. I saw so. you look away, and I was like, oh, he sanded in his brain so he could get it out perfectly. Yeah, yeah I did it. I did it. <laughs> Uh, but now we're done with that movie, so hope you enjoyed it. Uh, join us next time when we cover our first actual zombie movie, because we haven't actually, because Overlord really it wasn't. This is like our, our actual foray into zombie movies. Uh, we're going to be watching South Korea's Train to Busan, and I'm excited because I love that movie. I'm not, to be clear. To be clear on the excitement levels, it's entirely from Thomas. It's not from me. So I don't want to watch a movie about zombies. I don't want to do it. It's so fucking good, though. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at ScaredyPodcasts. Get it? Because we're a podcast with cats. (laughs) Funny, every time. (laughs) Uh, We also have an email at ScaredyCatsThePodcast at gmail.com. We don't check that a whole ton, so... Generally, just message I, us on Instagram or Twitter, I, I but we do, do check it occasionally. I check it like once a week. Oh. It's mostly spam emails. Yeah. Twitter really wants to tell me what like the celebrities are doing. It'll be like, "Did you know Ariana Grande tweeted something?" And I'm like, "I really don't care." You're like, what's an Ariana Grande? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get it at Starbucks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Hope you guys are all staying safe out there. Uh, thank you for listening. Be cool to each other. <laughs>